Kent, let me ask you this. How do you uh, – I'm going to change my display name real quick. Put my full name still talking <laughs> uncut. I'm your host, Big Easy. What about my co-host, Master Distiller, Sean Rigsby. Welcome to the show, number 46. Surprised me we're still running this long. <laughs> I made the top 100. We 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 got we got many more to come, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, we're uh, we're honored tonight, privileged enough to have, um, you know, near and dear to our heart, Ohio based. You know, we love our Ohio guys. It's the way it is. So, and if if you guys are tired of seeing so many Ohio guys on here, then send your hate mail to Sean and, <laughs> and get on Try the harder. schedule. We don't mind. So, but. Uh, <laughs> <Try harder. laughs> We're honored and privileged to have Steve Porter from Woodshed Distilling out in uh, New, New Bavaria, Ohio. Yep. Uh, it's just, uh, what's that, a little northwest of Finley, I believe? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could say that. Um, it's uh, about halfway between Toledo and Fort Wayne, I guess. Yeah. Um, yep, up here in the corner, just just me and Lawrence. I know a lot of, you, a lot of your watchers probably, uh, they probably know about Lawrence at uh, Flat Rock. So, we're we're the only two guys within, I mean, uh, probably forty, not quite an hour, but we're the only two guys in about an hour radius. Yeah, I look up, I look up distilleries in this area because whenever I travel, you know, I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking who's close. Where do I got time to stop in here? Like I have to go to Finley on Saturday, so mm-hmm. I'm looking how close you are, and so I'm trying to see if I can fit that in before I got to be there. And right. I noticed that, yeah, you and Flat Rockets, you up there. And then there's nothing forever from you until nope. you get a little south and you get a little closer to Dayton. Then they start popping up. Yeah, yeah. And then there's quite a few in the Dayton area. Yeah, yeah. It seems seems like Miami Valley and and Columbus are kind of the the hubs. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So, <laughs> so Steve, tell us. <laughs> well, fuck. Go ahead, Ian. I know what you're getting ready to say. <laughs> what you drinking on over there, coughs? Uh. Indian Creek Distillery, Elias Staley, their white rye whiskey, which I feel like uh, Steve might – you know them, don't you? I know who they – oh, yeah, I know about them. I, I still haven't made it there, which it's it's sad, but um, yeah, I know – no, yeah, I know all about them. Um, they're, they're, they're on the, the short list, uh, and even, you know, from where I'm at, it's like a uh, maybe two-hour drive down there. It's just no, no excuse why I haven't been there yet, but – um, they, uh, they're building a new I, tasting room. They got a new tasting room. They finally got approved to build. They're putting that in right now. So cool. after cool. they get that up, I'm going to have to go out there and check it out. Yeah. Yep. They're scheduled to be on here too. So. All right. Nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. You're going to talk about that old still they got. Oh man. That thing oh, yeah. is beautiful. The double two of them yeah. side yeah. by side, man. Yeah. He, uh, they passed it not too long ago and they had it out. And I'm like, man, I'm sorry you had to patch it, but man, I sure am grateful I get to see it out of its tomb. So it's happy. You know. I mean, that, that stuff that stuff happens. You know, what's important is they yeah. they they got it. They're still using it, and it, it still works. They're keeping the history alive. So, you know, there's, yeah, I, I guess some things we'll probably touch on later. There, there's the tradition of of what a lot of us do, and then there's the legal side of it, and then you know, going forward. So, um. It's uh, well, who uh, well, I think Buffalo Trace. You know, one one of their slogan or something is uh, uh embrace tradition and, and look for something something like that. But, you know, you got to know where you come from, right? Oh yeah, you never yep. forget. Keeps you rooted. <clears throat> so, you drinking anything over there, Steve? 
Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I, I got I got a whole rack of stuff behind me. I, I pulled down tonight, but uh, going with the old uh, twenty dollars special benchmark foolproof. <laughs> Man, sometimes, you know, a $20 special is all you need. Well, <laughs> you know, it's all you need. You know, there's maybe, I don't know, we'll, we'll get to it. I, I got about 100-ish bottles, 100 plus bottles in the garage. Um, and it's it's climate-controlled garage before all you people start freaking out out there. Like, oh, my God, it's air-conditioned in the summer, it's heated in the winter. It stays between 50 and 75 all year round. Um, but, you know, I just, if I want something, go out there and grab it. But, uh the, uh, the the backup bottle on deck, eleven forty nine special from B and B Carry on at Kingsport, Tennessee, Mellow Corn. But Is that any good? I like it. I like. I mean, a lot of people, you know, I, it, it gets a it gets a rap. I think because a lot of people they'll open it up expecting it to be like bourbon because you know corn's got to be you know eighty more than eighty percent and. Uh, they just expect it to be a bourbon, but and it's not. I mean, corn's not. It tastes like popcorn to me. Um, okay. Obviously, with some alcohol note, but um, I like it. But eleven, it's well, it's probably thirteen dollars now. Ohio just brought it back. Um, you know, they uh, they had it on the uh, the discontinued list. Twenty seventeen, I think it dropped, and it hit the, whatever was left uh, hit the shelves at like six dollars a bottle. So I grabbed a case of it. Um, so I'm I'm still like seven deep on that stuff. Sometimes, man, you see stuff for six bucks a, a bottle. You got to at least try one or ten. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever speaks to you. You know, I can I can get a uh, well now. You know, I get a bottle of Red Label Weller, or I can get a case of Mellow Corn. So, <laughs> I mean, well, we didn't have it, you know, the Weller then, but but anyways. So, but no, I I got a whole I got a whole bunch of craft stuff behind me. I, I kind of wanted. Sean and I kind of talked about some things, you know, we, we might dive into later on, but hey, man. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the craft stuff. It's your episode. You dive in whatever you want. Oh. So. <laughs> um, so, uh, I got a little, little bit, a little bit about me, I guess. Um, and we'll, we'll go from there. So, uh, I'm, I'm from around this area, uh, spent some time in, in the army between active duty national guards and the infantry, uh, did, did some armor, a little, little bit of that stuff. Got to got to play with machine guns. Got to play with tanks. Got out. Did the civilian, you know, the civilian bit in the private world. Uh, sold car. Been, been a little, you know, around everywhere. But um, uh, met met a girl. Uh, this is her house. She she bought this right after we we met each other, and it was her mom and dad's house. Well, her folks are from Southwest Virginia. They are from Scott County, Virginia, Dungannon and Nicholsville, um, and. Uh, Basically, her her dad was uh, he was a bootlegger. Uh, I mean, straight up. There's a lot of people say it's like, oh, I make liquors. He hundreds, if not thousands, of gallons a year, um, and uh, he would sell it to people he knew, and and it was you know, you know side side money, you know, side hustle. Um, but uh, we got talking, and and I, I didn't really understand all of it, you know, all that well. 15, 20 years ago, of course, it wasn't on YouTube. There wasn't a television show. There was no no last run with popcorn and uh, JB, um, but uh, I asked him like, "Hey, I want to do this sometime," and he'd tell me, and I you know I try to make a mash and screw it up, you know. And you could make beer; it's kind of kind of this, the first same steps, but um, you know, going fast forward about uh, seven eight years, I was cleaning the barn out, and I came across this old barrel. I'm looking at it I'm like this this thing is beat to hell. 
it was a still. I, I didn't know, but it was out in the barn, big old 55-gallon uh, stainless kettle keg uh, from where I used to work at. So I kind of figured out how it went together after, you know, looking at some things. Homedistiller.org, you know, great resource for uh, for the home the, the, the home-based folks out there. Um, and uh, learned how to put this thing together and said a few things, you know, asked for some help. And people are like, there ain't no way in hell you can do what you said you're doing. Well, I am, you know, and, and I kind of learned, you know, they, they were, they were half right. <laughs> and, um, and anyways, I, we, we kind of figured it out. But yeah, the fir- first three times I tried to run that still, I didn't do anything but get drunk trying to figure it out. I mean, just, you know, drink, drinking beer and out there, you know, at night in the backyard trying to figure shit out. It's, it didn't work. So, hey, so um, sometimes we do our best work when we're had too many beers <laughs> or, or sample too much off the worm. So it's just, well, I mean, I, I didn't even get a drop to come out of it. I didn't, in in, in hindsight, I found out um, I had way too much liquid in, in the thumper. It had, had a thumper in there, and it was all uh, um, screw-tight union fittings, all stainless fittings from where he worked at. Mm-hmm. Um, brought all the pipas, all 100% stainless. Um, but it had, uh, it had screw clamp fittings. Everything was stainless, and it was, it was slip joint except for the cap. And the cap had some tabs, and it basically just sat, you know, kind of like a china cap would sit on a on a stovepipe or something like that. Okay. And he's like, "Yeah, just just roll up some flour paste and just make a bit." Well, the problem was all all that liquid in the thumper caused enough back pressure; it kept blowing that seal out. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know any better at the time because I I didn't know any better. The only he's the only person yeah. I knew that made liquor. Nobody, I mean, nobody talked about making. Um. But uh, phone decided to try to go dim for a second. Um, you know, no, nobody talked about making it though back then, you know, this was 2009, 10, um, YouTube was still kind of new. So you really didn't have any resources to go to. So, um, it, it was just dumb luck. I figured, well, I stand there talking with, with the, my brother was helping me. Um, and, and he kept saying, maybe, maybe that pots to you is too much pressure. I'm like, nah, it can't be. I mean, but, but it was, you know, so we learned and moved on and shit and, um, so, uh, met up with, um, uh, the guy who built my still, uh, I know some, some guys might know him. Um, the one but, you got uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, actually I got, got two of them and, and, in uh, we've been talking about it. There, there's another one, a big, big monster that he made. Um, but, uh, it was a guy, a friend of his, I, I helped get set up and, and he got legal down in Tennessee, but, uh, uh Matt ball trip. Um, mm-hmm. so I got a, a 20 gallon and I, you know, kind of thought about being legal, but <clears> anyway, <throat> so, so you talked to him a little bit, we talked through it. And, um, so I got a 20 gallon experiment a little bit, I guess. And then, um, uh, found out we're going to have, have a baby girl. And the wife said, you can't have that as a hobby anymore because you have responsibility now. And there's too many liabilities. <laughs> so yeah, she, she's always been uh, fairly cautious, even though her dad, her grandpa, her great grandpa. It's like her dad was like fifth generation bootlegger. Straight, I mean, straight up. Got pictures of these guys hauling liquor jugs on on mule back because uh, they they all had mules for some reason except for dad. But she's like, you're not doing. She says you're you're not like them. You're, you know, it's not in Ohio. So, anyways, we went went through the uh, the process of getting legal, and you know that was in 2015. Um, my uh, my state permit is number 20. 20- Six twenty-five. Well, 
Yeah, my, my number in Ohio is number 25, but as far as the Fed say, it's it's number 26 in Ohio. So that's, I don't know what we're up to now, but it's like 100 and something. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So what year was it that you went, you went legal? Um, I got my, my, uh, my certificate was approved on uh, July, July 1st, 2015. So, and the cool thing was, I'll actually, I, I got my paper here to, to show all you folks. We're going to talk about what it takes to get legal, but um, yeah. the, uh, the application date was uh, May the 20th, 2015. And the approval date is down there, July 1, 2015. So I know nowadays TTB is doing a great job of getting that stuff turned out in, you know, a month, month and a half, but we're talking, you know, eight, nine, eight years ago uh, when they had, one tenth of the agents they were buried and the average turnaround time was like six months. So there's some things you can, uh, nowadays I don't think it matters. You know, they're, they're, they're efficient enough. They're manned up, staffed up. Um, they know how to push that paper out pretty quick. So if you got all your ducks in a row on your end, you can probably get a permit in a couple months. But, um, but like I was saying back when I did it, you didn't have anybody to go to. Sean and I were talking about this before we went live your resources were basically a handful of legal guys on Facebook. If they're willing to talk to you um, and ADI forum. And that was it. I mean, nobody on home distiller at that time knew. I mean, there was rare exception. You, you might know, Oh yeah, that's like Tater. Oh, I, I know that. There, I mean, there's some common handles on there. Like, Oh, I know that guy or um, you know, uh, like Cur the Colonel. I mean, that's, that's Vaughn with Vaughn Wilson, the guy in, in Arkansas. I don't even know if Vaughn's still alive. It's he, he was, he was older than no disrespect any, you know, to him or anybody. But um, I thought about getting a still from him, but I, I didn't want to wait nine months for a still. So I found somebody that I knew that was, you know, just somebody I grew up with and it just dumb luck. I came across the guy that could do it, and put, put everything in motion. And within, within a year, had the building ready, had the paperwork ready, had the still ready and you know, went. So you went to school with Matt? Is that what you said? Yeah. He went to school up here in Ohio. Okay, no shit. He's he's uh, now he's a couple years younger. We didn't graduate the same year. We went to the same elementary, same uh, same high school. Um, he was he was a freshman when I was a senior. So yeah, he's a couple years behind me. He's got an older brother that I think's a year or two older, a couple years older than I am. I think. But um, it's you know our, our little hometown is like everybody else's hometown. You know maybe I never I hardly ever talked to Matt in high school. Um, I think we rode the bus a few times together uh, for, for a year or two. Um, but you still know each other, you know, you still know the people. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he, he did me a say, I reached out to him and he's like, hell yeah, I'll make you steal you when you want to do it. So we, we got together and made it, made it real. So what so, are you, go ahead, Ian. So, you, so you run it, um, you, you just got like a, a woodshed on your property, even though yep. you're not allowed to <laughs> have, have yep. a, distillery in a shed on your property uh, <laughs> right, like, right. Like, like, how, how's, how's that swing like because you um, we, we got people ask like hey man how how do i do this out of, out of my home out of a shed in my yeah, home like, yeah. you know like, um I, you know so yeah when um when it came time for me to start putting paper together i called uh Cause I, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, where to start. So I, I called, called TTB down in Cincinnati. Like, Hey, this is me. Uh, my name's Steve. I live in the sticks and I want to start a distillery. Where do I start? And the, the lady I talked to was nice enough. Um, 
and she really held my hand the whole way too, along with uh, a couple, a uh, couple other guys that uh, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. Uh, um, Scott at uh, is it Copper Copper Moon, right? Or uh, Copper Moon Distillery, I believe. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Richard Stillwagon out in uh, in Oregon. Um, the first thing those two guys like anything you got on Facebook, take that shit down. Any any pictures, just get rid of it. You know. Um, and then the second we 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 chatted, they kind of helped me along and. And um, so I ended up calling down to, to Cincinnati where, t- where the TTB the liquor control, the liquor portion headquarters where they processed the paper anyways, or the phone center. And uh, the lady I talked to, she's like, well, you got to start with local approval. You, you got you to get local approval first, because if they're not going to zone you for it, you're not going to go any further because everything's local, right? All politics is local. Yeah. That's where it starts. So. As it turned out, I just missed my township's special zoning meeting, and they only do them quarterly. Because I mean, I, uh, if anybody's looking where Woodshed Spirit says on the map, you got to zoom out a little bit to find my, my next door neighbor. You know, he's literally a quarter mile straight across the field. But it's I, you know, I it's, was checking it out. I was like, man, <laughs> yeah, where this like, place? This reminds me of going yeah. to a farm to pick up corn, like yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, but. Yeah, and uh, you know Google Google hasn't done any favors out here because the picture they show is when we're, uh, we're we're still building the garage onto the house. So the uh, well, at the time the measurements were submitted to uh, you know to be checked out, we were well, we, we were forty two feet further away from the house than what we are. But anyway, you know they they said as long as you do this and this, and that that picture was taken before we got legal, anyways. Um, but. Uh, so yeah, back back to back to the question, you know, how, how it happened. Um, I got a really great, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a champion. You know, somebody's like, hey, you're gonna do this, and we're gonna help you do it. And um, so I got went and got local zoning approval because that's the first thing. And I had to go to the zoning board and fill out, you know, application. And they said, okay, so the first thing is, where do you live at? And I told them, they're like, oh, well, there are a lot of special circumstances where I live at that I can do this. The first is I am in an unincorporated, non-enterprise zoned township. Um, the unincorporated part of it, I mean, that's that's fairly self-explanatory. It's, it's not like you, know, you get around, especially Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus. You get like Clinton, Clintonville town. There's there's just a lot of townships, you know, where it's basically like its own mini city. They got their own cops, they got their own, you know, everything. So um, I don't have that out here. The second part of it is. You have to have to pass the zoning approval, um, at least as far as Ohio is concerned. And I imagine most other states are alike. Uh, you, you can't be within 500 feet of a school. Uh, you can't be within 500 feet of a church. Oh, um, and <laughs> well, now you, you can. You can. It's not an automatic disqualifier. Just just like you can't be in a shed or a yard or you know yeah. stuff that I am. Um, the church can automatically just say no. Uh, now I, I think now the, with the school, I don't know how the school deal, but I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I guess it, it used to be that way. It may have changed. It may it may be a maybe local option, you know. Um, so there there might be that there. But anyways, you know, in my case, I only have one landowner that I had to get permission to have my distillery because you have to have agreement from all your neighbors at, at least where I'm at to get this business going. Um, I only have one landowner. He's super cool. Went to high school with my wife. 
He's like, hell yeah, man, let me know because I'll put some cabins up out there. We'll, you know, we'll make it like a weekend getaway thing because he's honestly, he can't rinse his ground. He he uh, inherited it. He does a farm. He owns some businesses. But anyways, he's like, yeah, man, let me know what you want to do. We'll, you know, we'll make this work. Um, and then he wanted to carry this gas station. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work like that. But anyways, <laughs> so, you know, first thing is you got to get your township to buy off on it. Second thing, and they're not going to do it if, if you have an objection. Um I sit on a county line, so I didn't have to talk to anybody across the road. I just, I literally got one guy. Um, so then after that, you got to go get, uh, then, then you got to register your business with the state. You know, got to get a name. You got to, you got to license that. So you got to do a DBA. You got to do either an LLC, an S Corp, a Corp, uh, corporations. You know, one, of the, one of the business structures. So you basically got to decide we're going to be real. So you set that up. Um, you, you pay for your name, you pay for your license. Um, then you got to go down to the, the county courthouse uh, where the clerk, I think it's the auditor, yeah, the auditor, get the, uh, the, the county business or state business license through them, which is for a vendor's license. You have a vendor's license. And that's like 15 bucks. And you got to set up your pay.gov account. Um, at the time, the, the one thing, so I, I showed you guys earlier, it took me, uh, what, 30, 31 days to get my license approved. It would have been less than two weeks, except one thing happened. They changed the wording on the bond. Now, you're not if your tax liability for the year is under so much, so many dollars, you're not required to have a case. You're not required to keep a bond anymore. It's an, it's tax bond. So basically, if I sell liquor and I don't pay my taxes, it's just like a like a bond from court or whatever. It's it's an insurance bond. But they changed that wording on there, so I actually had to call my bondsman back, or his insurance company, call him back and say, hey, Bill, uh, I need to redo this. And it took like like a week back and forth because everything had to be through the mail because it was notarized and all this other shit. So that, that, that cost me a week on my application. So if it hadn't been for that, I'd probably been done in less than 30 days, which at that time was unheard of. But I'm a one-man show. So anyways, you got to get the bond in order. So when you send in your federal permit packet, um, which if, if anybody's wondering, I, I don't have tape measure, but for just a one-man operation, it's about a quarter-inch paper. Um, you know, I got I got my uh, taxpayer ID number request in there. I, I got my bond in there. I got my state license. I got my state vendor's license. I got my DBA. I got my business. There's you know, just all kinds of paper. Um, but the feds won't even look at it until you turn all that in. So you, you got to have your township. You got you got to be ready to go. It's one of the only businesses in the world where, or at least in the U.S., that you have to be ready to open the door on day one before they'll even think about giving you the license to do it. So that's that's where I, I've probably helped somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, twenty, maybe twenty five, between twenty and twenty five other distillers get started. Um, all different kinds of questions, you know, should I do this? And, and there's, you know, a handful of them opted not to go or, you know, they just, they found out they couldn't yeah. um, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. A lot of it, a lot of guys have passion, but they don't, they don't have the right situation um, or they don't have the capital. Um, you know, when, you know, the, the my, my situation is very unique. Um, at the time, I think there were three or four other distilleries that were actually located on privately on non non commercial property uh, that was you know zoned residential or zoned historic, um, well one of them's Mount Vernon 
uh, where, where Steve Batro works at. Um, and there was like a couple other that were uh, experimental. I think one of them is down where, um, uh, it's been a long day where, um, where Alan Bishop does his weekend things down in Louisville, um, with, uh, you know, the reenactment I'm, I'm drawing a mm-hmm. blank, but, uh, yeah, there's not too many places you can run a still unless it's at an actual distillery. So, you know, in my case, I'm in the stick. My neighbor is, is cool as hell. The zoning board, like, yeah, do it. Um, so that, that'll wind up, you know, the, the paper side of it, the legal permit side. And I'm, I'm not talking about consultation. I'm not talking about legal fees. I'm not talking about building a building, but just, just the paperwork. Um, I don't, I don't think I got a thousand dollars in, in all, you know, all my permits and the bond and well, maybe not with the bond. I mean, my, my, uh, my bill for the bond literally just came in the mail today. I, I'll, you know, I don't care. It's uh it's $20,000 bond. It's 140 bucks for a year. So it's not terrible. I'm not required to have it, but I still keep it because it makes me feel a little better. Uh, if something would happen that way, you know, I mean, if, if, God forbid something happens to me and, you know, I die in a car crash or some shit and I owe the government tax. They're going to come get the bond. My wife ain't got to worry about it and I'll be gone. So I ain't got to worry about the man coming after me. So, you know, that, that mm-hmm. works out for 140 bucks a year. It's $10. I mean, seriously. Yeah, better um, have it, yeah. not need it, you know. Yeah, it's need like it, not the, have it. the best insurance is the one you never use, right? Mm-hmm. But so we got that. Uh, let's see what else is in here. Um, yeah, Mike, no, I had to get, so, as far as getting the building ready, though, um, you know, again, that all kind of depends where you're at. So um, I'm going to throw a number out, and there's uh, – how, how many people you got watching, Sean? You got a count? Do you know? Uh, I've got f- 15 on Facebook. I don't know about okay. – uh, How many other out there? Yeah. Um, somebody's going to – I'm going to say this number, and, and there might be somebody out there that's going to say bullshit. Um, <laughs> I opened my distillery – on day one for under $10,000. I own the property. Yeah. The building was already there. You know, the building's already there where I'm at. Now there's, there's a, in Ohio again, there's a, I, I know where it's at. So funny side story. Well, let me finish where I'm at. And I'll come back to it. So uh, one of you guys remind me if I forget my buddy from high school, just remind me and I'll know. So, there's an exclusion that if you don't have, um, okay, so I use disposable sample cups in the distillery. I don't wash dishes. I'm not required to have hot water. Now, you're probably thinking, well, how the hell can you make, because I got a boiler, right? I got a 50-gallon boiler. I got a 20-gallon boiler. and got another, you know, I got all kinds of boilers. I can make hot water. But according to the law, I'm on my property. I have restaurant. I, I don't, I don't have plumbing in my distillery and you guys are probably thinking what the hell I, I don't our water system out here we we've, we've got a 500 foot deep well but i've got a dairy barn that's i got a 3,000 head dairy farm that's like two miles away or a mile away um they're pretty much sucking all the water out uh, our water system at the house has been a pond system for uh, her mom and dad put the pond in 77 or 78 so uh i i I buy bottled or I buy water from uh, from a local source. It's a deep well. It's a limestone aquifer. It's good water. Um, if, if you've had, uh, I, I don't know, but um, there's a handful of people that uh, that are not local that have had my liquor, and 
Uh, it's it's uh, it rates uh, it, it, people like it. It's good. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I don't have running water in the building. I don't have hot water in the building. Um, everything just everything lined up for me, really. You know, so when I when I tell people I'm in I'm into it for less than 10 grand, they're like bullshit. No, I, I had I went and bought some uh, at the time with the cedar cement siding, the four by eight sheets, redid the barn or, or redid the shed. Put some lights in. Rants. I already had power in it, so I mean, just had to upgrade the box. Um, you know, the still. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're not, in the right place yeah. at the right time, you can do. It. Yeah, yeah. Not not having to sell all that money for a commercial property and no. wait and wait and wait. It's, it's such a difference, you know. So. Yeah, and you know, it kind of it kind of all rolls back in. Well, I mean, the federal law. I was again telling Sean earlier, or you know, maybe maybe you're in there too, Ian. Um, you know, the law literally says distillery cannot be located on a residential property, cannot be located in a shed, uh, sub, you know, sub part of the house, da, 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 and it goes on and on. And I got into it with um, with the guy in one of the ADI forums. And if you, if a person wanted to, they could Google distillery in a shed. And I, I think it pops up on there uh, because I literally came back and said, my distillery is in my yard in a shed. 100 feet from my house and you know here's here's my dsp to prove it and he he didn't because the guy was a ttb inspector for like 30 years and he's like there's no way i'm like well it is um you know tough luck sorry you're wrong but you know there there's there's some downsides with that like because of the township stipulations one of the one of the reasons they approved it um you know, I, uh, I I can't have any non I can't have any employees that aren't immediate family. So I can have my mom and dad work. My brother can work here. My wife and daughter. That's it. I, I can't hire you know, anybody else. If I do, I have to go to a different type of zoning, which that's going to require some other things. That, that's going to require a restroom. That's going to require hot water. You know, all that shit. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm you know moving that way. I'm I'm in the process of. Yeah. Uh, of actually moving into a bigger building here on the property. Um, one thing I will uh, want to make sure that, that people, you know, somebody out there that's listening or somebody that watches this down the road and they think, Hey, uh, Steve did it. I want to take a shot at it. Um, there, there is a point when you do have enough money, but you know, I, to, I finished up my business degree about two years before I started this venture and the business plan that I wrote in 2013, and th this was with me buying um, uh, buying a still from from uh, the colonel out in Arkansas, which at that time was like 3,500 or four grand for a 60 gallon still. Um, that business plan was about forty five thousand dollars in in the building that I'm using now. I did it for ten. If I had it to do it over for ten, would I? I you know, I don't know. I mean, I. 10's good, 20's nice. You know, obviously the, the number I came up with, though the real number was was 40 grand. 40 is like 43 and change. Um so you're every almost and I'm not gonna throw a number out, but a lot of businesses fail because they don't have the operating capital. Mm -hmm. They can get the doors open, get the lights turned on, but they ain't got the juice to keep it going. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to open the door and, and stumble right out of the gate. And then try to go get money. Um, it, 
you might have the best plan in the world, but if, if you, you know, if you can't make it go, it's really hard. And I, and I still have people, uh, I've got, there's a handful of local people that they know me well enough. You know, they, they like the product. They, they see it. You know, they got some vision too. They're like, Hey, if you want to take on an investor, let me know. And I, I don't, I don't owe any, I mean, I got a little bit of credit card, you know, that I keep going and, and I got an account with, um, um, LD Carlson over on the other side of the state for, for some things like that. But, you know, I, I don't I don't have any outstanding loans for the business. Um, you know, no, nothing serious like that. And you but, don't have to listen to somebody else's input. It's yours. You know, you do it. Yeah. You want. You know, that's it's a great thing. And at the same time, you know, there might be a day where I want to go fishing. I don't feel like making liquor. Yeah. So, you know, the work doesn't get done that day. Instead, you, you have other, you know, got family obligations. And I, I have another job. That's where I was kind of going with that is I, I still have a straight job. I'm a manager in a factory. Um, the wife likes stability, likes a steady paycheck, likes likes having uh, benefits and health insurance, things like that. I mean, you can have that as, as a small business owner. Those options are out there. Um, but, you know, it's something we've kind of struggled to to keep the business. I don't want to make the sound the product. If you open a distillery, you will sell all the liquor that you make to your friends and family. The problem is selling them the second bottle. And the third bottle and the fourth bottle. You can sell anybody one bottle to get them to keep coming back. That's that's the trick. Um, or to get out there in front of enough people that you don't have to you don't have to survive based on your repeat business. Um, there's you know Tito Tito's doing it, but you know that's a whole other story there. Um, so you, you can't you can't underestimate uh, the operating expense the operating capital you need to have set back. Um, you know, so, you know, first thing, obviously get your ducks in a row, local, get your permits in, make sure you got enough money, make make sure the plan's solid, you know, make sure you got a real plan, don't go back to it, it's like, well, you know, I thought I'd spend 10000 on electric and plumbing, maybe I'd get away with five because I, you know, a guy owes me a favor, you better bump that to fifteen. you know, just, just to be on the safe side, everything's getting more expensive every day, dollars are getting harder to come by, and it's, it's getting harder to separate those dollars from people, so... Yeah, the other other part you got to have good products and you know kind of got to be a salesman. You got to do it all. <clears throat> you got to be a jack of all trades. You know, you got yeah. to hustle it up. You got to make it. You got to you got to do it all. So yeah, there's so, yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to ask how many times a month do you generally run? Are you do you stay real busy or is there just times of the year where you are? Or? Um, no, I I pretty much shut down for the winter. Um. I, uh, since I, you know, building's kind of primitive. I mean, I got, got a big ass boiler in there that keeps the room warm, uh, or keeps the building warm. I mean, my, my, my building, like I said, if you look me up on the map, uh, it's, it's that little, little shed. It literally is 192 square feet. It's, it's 13 by, by 19, something like that. So, um, it don't take much to keep it warm, but, uh, now I, I got, uh, I got some nice setback now. I'll, I try to run enough to make about a, a barrel worth of product a year. Um, and then, uh, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I got, got some stuff set back for, uh, you know, agents and stuff for, for bourbon. Um, I set a smaller barrel back when I first, first started. I'm like, Oh, I want to do one of these, you know, I think it was 10 or 15 gallon barrels. It, it didn't turn out. It, it was shitty. So I dumped it. I mean, I, I don't, some people are like, Oh my God, he dumped 15 or you know 10 gallons of bourbon. Um, well, I don't put my name on something that, that sucks, you know? Because you might only get to see somebody one time. You only get one chance to make first impression, right? Um, so went back, read up a little bit more, 
talked to some other people, got got to to know a lot of people about uh, you know after you get in the business. At that time, it was really amazing how how tight the community was. Um, you know, and, and you wouldn't think, well, 2015, 2016, yeah, that's that's seven, eight years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, nowadays there's like, at, at that time, I think there were six, 11, I think there were 1,700 DSP numbers. Um, if you boiled, start boiling the numbers down, there was something like, like Diageo. Diageo might have like 10 distilleries. Jim Beam's got like five or six or, you know, 10 distilleries. So you, you start doing that. Um, there was about 700 unique distilleries and those DSP numbers also included rectifiers, bottlers, you know, it might be somebody that's, they're, they're buying product from MGP and bottling it themselves. So when it came down to it in 2015, and this, this is, you know, this is my own, my own checking. Um, of those 700 or whatever it was about half of those would, would be what's considered craft nowadays. So, you know, out of 17, 1800 DSPs, which, you know, every, every address has a DSP. If it, if it's a distillery, it's got its own DSP number. They're all, they're all unique. Um, and all that was one of the other things I had to do is I actually had to get a separate mailing address for the shed. So the mailing address for the, for the building is different than my home mailing address. And uh, the mail lady doesn't understand that. But I, every time I get a new mail carrier, I have to explain to them, A260 is the distillery, A256 is the house. Stop redlining my mail. Um, it's, it's, kind of, it's, just, it's, a, it's an ongoing struggle with the, with the postal carrier. But um, so, you know, there's just, I mean, there's just dozens of little things you got to get into to, you know, to, to get all that to happen and stuff like that. So, um, oh, so my, my buddy from high school, uh, I hadn't seen him in I don't know how long. It probably been 15, it might have been 20 years or so. And uh, we, we were really tight middle school. Uh, high school, joined the National Guard together, then, you know, active was Army and stuff together. Uh, went to infantry school together. And uh, we, we were in college. We were in the National Guard again together. So you know, I knew the guy for like at that time probably two thirds of my life. So I run into him. Uh, his his grandmother passed. So I went to the went to the funeral home to go see him and uh, you know his family and um, pay my respects. And at the time uh, when he left Ohio, he went down to Texas. He he worked. Uh, they don't have Highway Patrol. They have Department of Public Safety. So he was a, a, a Texas. Uh, he was a trooper. And his lifelong goal was to be a Texas Ranger. Last I heard, he was accepted to the Ranger Academy. He was going to go do that and everything. So I see him at the funeral home. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? He's like, ah, pretty good. You know, was hoping I'd see you and catch up, whatever. And he asked me, he's like, so what, uh, so what, what have you been up to lately? I'm like, ah, you know, selling, at the time I was selling cars. I'm like, ah, I'm doing this. And um, so I got, uh, got a little still set up, making some liquor, you know, figuring things out. And, um, uh, so I think about, and he asked me, he's like, are you legal? I'm like, ah, I'm thinking about going legal. I don't know yet. Just kind of, like I said, figuring things out. What are you up to? Oh, I work for, uh, for, I moved back to Ohio. I work for liquor enforcement. And I, I mean, I'd literally about, I was drinking something. I'm about to spit it out in the mouth. He's like, we can back the conversation up 10 minutes if you want to. Um, but it's just, you know, ironic that my best friend from high school, I'm telling the guy, yeah, I'm basically making liquor illegally in the backyard. And what do you do? Oh, I, I bust people like you. I mean, that's literally, he works for liquor enforcement which it's, it's a division of uh, public safety under the state patrol. 
they're in other states they'd be what you call ALE. So um, it's he's one of those guys. He he left. Uh, he retired from there a few months ago. But um, anyways, uh, he was another resource I had if I had a question about. Um, you know, like in Ohio, there's uh, it's 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 uh, paragraph G under the sanitation clause. You can actually get a, a, a waiver and sign off on it that says. I attest that I do not have any, or that, that I'm using reusable serving utensils. I don't, you know, don't reuse it. So I don't have to have hot water. That's there's, there's an affidavit for that. But anyways, a little sidebar. So, but it's just, again, it's just one of those things in my situation, the stars aligned and everything just worked out the way it did. So. So are you in stores? Like, are you in stores? No, I no, no I uh, just straight from your distillery. Yeah, I, I've pretty much every bottle that I've ever sold is is basically been you know after conversation, a handshake, and I now I yeah. there, there's some of the local bars around here we can sell. They, they changed the law. I want to say it was seventeen. I think it was seventeen or eighteen. And Ohio had a, a modernization thing. Um, they they made it so that a an A three A could bypass the warehouse and sell direct to a permit holder, which would be like a bar, restaurant, club. All right. Um, can't sell to a liquor store direct. Yeah. Um, there's now there, there's, there's a workaround. So if there's any of the, any of the smaller stores out here, if you guys aren't doing this, your state auditor might be willing to do a transfer for you, which will save you. Now I think you still have to pay like some of the case handling fees because the, the warehouse, you know, Ohio means job is still got to process it. But in my case, my agent that does my auditing, and this was a, a couple of years, I haven't brought it up since, but but a couple of years ago, he said, hey, if you want to put some of your product in, in it, now where I'm, I'm located at, uh, you know, a lot of places around the state, you know, we got Giant Eagles, we got Kroger's, we got Myers, Carry Liquor. In my neighborhood, it's Rite Aid. Um, if you look at the map, Williams County, so I'm in Henry County. My local liquor store in Henry County is a Rite Aid. The county directly to the north of me, the county directly to the south of me, they're both Rite Aids. Um, if you look at what we call the six county area, the other three counties that are to the west of me, it's a Rite Aid, a privately held liquor store, and then another Rite Aid. So now if you go to the, the, the east, you got... Lima, Bowling Green, Toledo. They they got Kroger. They got other stores and shit. Yeah. Um, but but my uh, the guy that I have that does my audits up here, um, he told me he's like, hey, if you want, you want to put a case of liquor and you know write it in Napoleon, just let me know, dude. I'll do transfer. I can take it up there. You can't take it, but I can take it. And it's they do inner store transfers all the time when they cross level inventory. So say you got a you got a giant eagle on one side of, of, of Columbus that's not selling uh, whatever. Just, they're just not selling, you know, Hennessy at this one store. And, you know, they might need another store across town. They'll cross level it. So okay. they'll just call the, uh, call the agent and say, Hey, I need to move, you know, five cases of this over there because I don't need it. And they do. So the agent will come pick it up and move it. Hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if you, uh, anybody out there that's in Ohio, that's got to permit, you know, that that's an option that's available to you. Um, the other and hasn't been changed as far as I know, uh, is the, uh, the Ohio grown fruit loophole. Um, 
that might be something you might want to you might want to message me direct if you want. Um, but it'll, uh, it'll it'll save you a significant amount of your, your state taxes. And uh, you can argue that corn is a fruit. So if you're using corn grown in Ohio, you can reduce your taxes from 40 to 8 percent. I said That's 40, crazy. 40 to 8 percent. So you're 32 percent tax reduction uh, just by using Ohio grown corn or wheat. I mean, literally the wheat berries, right? Go to the health food store. It's wheat berries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other, um, but yeah, somebody wants to talk about that. Feel free to ship message or, you know, go, go through Sean or, or uh, easy here, you know, and, um, you know, we, we can talk about that offline. I mean, it's, it's not, it's above board. It's legal. And I got another, yeah, there's a form for it. Got to be notarized. Ohio <laughs> food affidavit. Sign a notarized. I'm using Ohio grown fruit, saving me 32% of my, my Ohio excise tax. Nice. So, Apple Valley, man. We live in Apple Valley. There you go. Yeah, it's making brandy. I mean, it's, I mean, that, yeah. that's, you know, it, it was originally one of those things that um, I'm sure the wine people up, you know, Catawba, they, they got that passed through. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the last line that says, you know, it, it must be the juice of grapes or fruits entirely grown in Ohio. So, Corn's one of those nifty things. It's a grain, it's a vegetable, it's a fruit. Just depends on whether it's in the ear, in the bucket, or you know where it's at. So if it's ground, so, whatever. You do yeast starters, is that what you do with uh <clears throat> with that kind of stuff? With what now? Uh like apples. You crush them up just for a yeast starter just to use that much oh. to Yeah, I mean it, it, yeah, it's great, great, you know, said you know, if you you take one apple, I, I got I got a handful of fruit trees out. I got mulberry. If anybody likes mulberries, you are more than welcome to come get some hickory nuts too. Um, but uh, yeah, I got apple trees out here in the yard. Just go grab an apple, crush it, throw it in the yeast. That is making liquor with the fruit that's grown in Ohio. So, and I, I keep uh, keep keep a bag of them in the garage that I pick in the fall, and they they stay cool and they stay crisp until uh, until springtime comes around. So that's yep. awesome. That's it. So Speaking of, uh, Ape, I mean, Ape had told me that, you know, it wasn't anything I, I didn't figure it out. Um, what, uh, I'll think of his name here in a minute. I, I haven't seen that guy in like seven or eight years. He might be retired by now. But yeah, speaking about yeast, uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, because you know, there's a lot of people <laughs> out there that say they don't, uh, use yeast. And, uh, so, yeah, I, I came up with uh, with a short list of things that you might want to talk. They're just things that, you know, myths or whatever you've heard on the Internet. It's like, yeah, I got a platform. We'll talk about some of this other stuff. It's not 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 so boring as talking about laws and regulations and shit. But I, I just in into this day and age, I can't believe there's still some people out there that say, oh, I don't need yeast to make my liquor. I mean, it's it's everywhere. You know, it's it's probably it's in your house right now. You may or may not know it, but it's there. The easiest thing is if you got some fruit, go look at it. If it's got some white residue on it, that's yeast. But, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you hear, it's not quite so prevalent now, but, you know, four or five, seven, eight years ago, it, kind of when I first started, butt heads. I mean, I, you know, social media is, it's, it's evolved, obviously. You know, at first it was really cool and way to catch up with people you ain't seen in 10 or 20, whatever years since high school. Nowadays, it just seems like people want to go out there and, you know, show how much they know and, and argue with somebody. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's still cool that there's, you know, still places, excuse me, still groups out there. You can talk with people and, and have civil conversations. But 
but yeah, you know, early, um, early into, uh, some of the Facebook groups, uh, you, you talk to people, it's like, Oh, I don't use any yeast. I'm like, what? No, I don't, I don't use, I get my yeast from the malt. Like they ain't no fucking yeast and malt. <laughs> who, who are you trying to kid? You know? Oh, and I mean, there's people like, I'll come to your house and kick your ass. I'm like, there's, no, I'm, I'm telling you, there's, there's yeast. You're using it. You just don't know. Um, you know, my, my own thought, you know, it's kind of for just for the sake of the sake of civility, we'll, we'll try to steer clear of the television shows as much as possible. But, you know, you get some of those people that may, maybe that's, that's their thing. I don't, you know, hundred percent yeast free. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to be gluten free or some shit too. I don't, I mean, liquor already is, but that's one, that's another thing. Anything that distilled is gluten free. I mean, they, you can't put it on a label because unless you actually test for it, but you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's the truth. So, but yeah, I mean, you got to use yeast. You guys know that it's, you have to, whether, whether if you're not, if you're not adding a yeast to the mash yourself, you're either lazy, or you don't care. It's it's one of those two things, but or just picks up before you get a chance to. Yeah, the natural yeast. Yeah, sometimes that natural yeast take off before you get, you get Especially to like it. grapes and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like you said, the white anything that's got a white film on it, that's yeast. So you know, fruit is right. Fruit right. will take off by itself. You could just let it sit. But you can go out and walk through your yard. You know, if you got fruit trees out there, you can smell it. Especially apples, and I, I got, um, I got two wild apple trees in my ditch. I mean, they they put up hundreds of pounds of apples. And you start getting down there, you can you can start smelling. You know, they're fermenting. I mean, that's that's how shit decompose. That's how we have dirt. You know, fruit decomposes; it turns into dirt. So, but yeah, it's just it's one of those things. One of those things. You know, just a lot, a lot of wives' tales and myths. You know. I mean, we've all heard some of them, but but the yeast is just the one that's like, yeah. I just, yeah. Do, do you really? Do you really? The, the guy you're talking to does he really know as much as he says he does? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, so what, was, <laughs> what was the first size still you ever ran on? Twenty. Twenty. Well, okay. The, the first one I successfully ran was a twenty I got from Matt. I tried yeah. to run the father-in-law's fifty. Um, Oh, it was just, it was just terrible. I found, so, uh, side story, um, my brother used to be a city cop in Columbus. Now he's a fed. Um, but he was about three or four years in and he's like, Hey, I'm coming up to Louisville for some training this weekend. I'm going to surprise mom and dad. What are you doing? I'm like, I think we should make some liquor. He's like, Oh yeah, let's do that. So, um, I got some turbo yeast. I got some corn from factor supply. I went to the brew shop in Toledo, got like five pounds of malt, and uh, tried to put all this shit together. And it, it bubbled a little. I mean, I actually got it to ferment a little bit. Um, and, and like I said, we, we filled the filled the barrel up and made a real nice flower seal. I was all proud of it. Took a picture and sent it to the father. I'm like, check that out. He's like, cool, you're doing it. We didn't do shit but drink beer that night. Got rained <laughs> um, on. Went, went through, froze up two 20, 20, uh, 20 pound tanks of propane. Uh, just it was just not a fun night um oh and to boot that was a night that ohio state got beat by virginia tech so <laughs> it was just bad all around that's how it yeah. goes well except they, they were the in-laws were happy because they're they're from down there uh but anyway uh, 
So I'd hear about that shit for a year till we, we curb stomped them in uh, Blacksburg. But, um, so yeah, the first, the first one I actually ran was, was his 50. Um, and then, uh, now I still use that bear, that, that friggin' barrel. It's, uh, I'll, there's a picture of it somewhere on Facebook floating around. It is not like a normal barrel. It, it's like bulged, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. shaped like hmm. that. Um, it's it's like 24 26 inches across top but it's like 36 at, at the at the middle and then back down to like 22 or 24 at the bottom whatever it is but uh, that thing holds like 60 gallons it weighs 100 and some pounds it's i mean it's all beat to hell but it's uh it's what he used and and he him and the guy from work they would set up once every i think it was every two months they would set up 16 55 gallon blue barrels and, and put a sack of corn and a sack of, of uh, sugar in each one, and they would run that shit off in a weekend. They, they'd run off no 16 shit. barrels. Yeah, they'd run off 16 55-gallon barrels of mash. I mean, whatever, you know, it was seven, eight hours of run, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. But uh, they would they would start on Thursday night. One of them would call off on Friday, and they would just keep it going, you know, through, through Monday morning nonstop. That's awesome. It's done. Empty it out. Fill it back up. Let's get it going. It's still hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't, I, from from what he told me, they didn't even turn the fire off. Uh, they used propane, a propane burner. Yeah. Where they set up, they uh, they had a side of the barn, and he, he had he had hogs, he had horses, but they had this. Uh, the still was set up on blocks. They would literally just just kick it over, and the barrel would empty out into a trough, and they would sweep the trough off into the, the back lot behind the barn, and then they just bring the barrel back up, fill it, cap it. I mean. They'd be going again, and the barrels still retaining a lot of the thermal mass. So yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. you're not, you know, you're not heating it. It's still got to be heated up. The you know whatever two. You ain't got to wait. You ain't got to oh. wait for the metal to get warm. That metal's already right, warm. Right. Right. And like that, I said, that barrel, that, that thing. I I want to say I put I put a caliper on it. Put some mics on it. It's it's like a three eighths thick wall. I mean, it's not. It is not a regular steel barrel. Um, oh, another uh, another peeve. Um, Talk about the yeast thing. Yes, pure alcohol boils at one hundred and seventy three point two. Your still <laughs> does not does not run off at one seventy three. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not even going to. I hope you know. I hope the audience is smart enough to know that. And, and I, I was one of those guys. I'm like, but alcohol does it, and and it was. Uh, I think it was on Moonshiner. Has one of the Facebook, one of the like the big, bigger Facebook. They got like thirty thousand members now, or something, or whatever it is. But and this guy from Louisiana, he's like, dude, you you need to go back and learn what you think. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And then one day it just clicked because I'm watching my still, and I sent I sent Matt a message. I'm like, yeah, still's about one eighty five, one ninety. He's like, yeah, it'll be about two hundred. It'll start coming off. I'm like, you know, you start you know start getting tails and shit like that, or, or you know, you get your fours. Um, and uh, like, yeah, it's it, it. You know, that's the thing. You know, low and slow. I'm not going to do that because I don't. I don't know what the crowd is. <laughs> I hey, may be getting hate mail or something. But slow. It's hey, not. They're, they're not. Do eat your slow. own. You know. Like, no. Do eat your no. Own. Um, I, I, I got. Uh, that, that's the way to do it. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing. You know, you run it as as hard and as fast as you can, and. I I've made liquor myself and I wasn't sure. So I've talked to other people that have run liquor and 
the, the consensus amongst people that, that I know that have actually made liquor, it doesn't matter how, how hard you, if you run your still up to 210 degrees, as fast as you get it there, that just saves you three hours that the next guy I'm running 12 hours. Good for you. You wasted half your day, literally half a day. Yep. I, I run my still twice in 12 hours. I know the first time I ever ran a copper pot, Donnie said that uh, Donnie Benton built it <clears throat> and it had a uh, thermometer in the barrel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, "Run the son of a bitch till until the, the the thermometer in the pot says 190." And he said, "Just back it down a little bit, and it'll creep up. As soon as it hits 197, yeah. you'll have liquor out of the worm." And yeah, yeah. You get it, get about 200 as quick as you can, and then you know play with it from there. Because I mean, your water doesn't boil at any well. Okay. At, at sea level, if you want to get scientific about shit, because I, right. I don't want somebody shark shooting me and like, well, this, okay. Yeah, at sea level, um, water boils at 212 point, you know, whatever it is. You put a little bit of, of pressure on it, it's going to come down a little bit, but, I mean, your, your pot shouldn't have maybe two, maybe five PSI. I mean, you shouldn't shouldn't have any pressure. Which, that, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh but yeah, yeah, I was one of those guys for the first couple of years. Like, ah, oh, boy, the one seventy three. I sit there all fucking night and watch that that needle. You know, one seventy, one seventy. Took me twelve, thirteen hours. I'm like, I ain't getting nothing. Yep, that's and, why you know, you get a little I'll more see. heat, a little more heat, and you know, it makes a lot of sense. Where there, there's a thermometer on the still. Um, I don't. I mean, it's not the gospel to me. It's just kind of a reference. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. probably better get serious, you know. <laughs> so yeah, let, you know, let you know, like, all right, we're getting close. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. thing's moving. All right, it's a guide. Use it as a yeah. guide. Yeah, yeah. It's, even, it's, even, I mean, that's. I was gonna say, even at that, you know, you see people post on Facebook all the time. Well, my still is at one seventy three or one seventy eight. Why is it not doing anything? We'll yeah. just be like, okay, turn the heat up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the one the one thing that I kept forgetting was that it's a, a ETOH is a solution, right? So there, you guys probably seen the T-shirts with the joke, right? So it is. I mean, it's it's a solution of water and alcohol and a bunch of other shit. There's acetaldehyde and there's acetates mm-hmm. and there's methanol and all kinds of other stuff in there. Um, I, I forget what I. I'll be honest. There's at one time I was that guy that you know knew knew this and knew that and the other and. and at this point, it's all—it's a lot of bullshit. I mean, it's—it's it's not bullshit in the sense that it's not true. It's just most people don't care. Yeah, it's science, but yeah, if you don't need it, then you don't need it. Yeah, you know, Einstein <clears throat> said there's no reason—no uh, reason to, to commit something to memory you can look up in a book. The, the true intelligence is knowing where to find the answer. So, I mean. I, I had a, a chemistry teacher in high school told us that first guy that lets use open book test. And I've, I've kind of lived by that or tried to, you know, there, there's no sense trying to memorize something. If I got a book right there, I can look it up. I don't need to know it. Hold on a second. Cause you're not going to believe me, but you'll believe the book, right. Or a book generally right. nowadays, nowadays, who knows, you know, it depends, depends what news channel you watch or, you know, whatever, but what, what library you go to or TV show you watch. You know, when it comes to TV shows, people forget it's TV. You know, just because something's touted as reality TV, it's never reality TV, man. It's a TV show. It's for entertainment. Take it as entertainment value. Yeah. And question everything you see. <laughs> it's, I think, it's, uh, it's entertainment. So, you know? so way back, so uh, the, the wife and I, we so. Uh, I, 
the reason I'm even on here is because of her dad. So, you know, the family's kind of, it's all inter intermingled, intertwined here. So, um, but we've been together. I, so I, I had to go, I was talking to Sean earlier today. I had to go pick up a loft bed I bought for my kid off Facebook. Had to go rent a U-Haul trailer because it was raining. My trailer's at mom and dad's house. My dad's got a bunch of tools in it. I'll just, I'll stop for the story there. So anyways, I'm talking to the girl at the counter and, uh, she asked for my cell phone number and my, and my daughter thought she had the right number. And I'm like, that's your mom's number. So we got talking and I told, you know, told the daughter, I'm like, well, your mom and I've been together for, for 21 years or 20 years going on 21 now. Um, but, uh, you know, in the, the early days of the relationship, you know, we, we never talked about things that like her mom and dad did, you know, off, off on the side and things like that. But, um, so, Anyways, back then, her dad had the big old satellite dish, and we bought the house and everything that came with it. So we got the big satellite dish. We're watching MTV, and there was this show that she watched. I, I, I didn't really pay much attention to it, uh, but it was on in the background. Uh, the Hills on MTV, one of the first reality shows that there was. Blew me away the very last episode where they're all saying goodbye and shit, and you literally watched him pull down the wall of the steps. And it's like, what the fuck? Because... I'll be honest. I thought that shit was real right up until that last episode. And, and that show went off the air in like 08 or 09. And it was, it was so, it was kind of so surreal that wouldn't expect, you know, alcohol people to do that. Right. Tim and, and, uh, and, and JB and those, you know, I mean, JB didn't come on till halfway through, but um, I, I, you know, talked to, I know a lot of the guys, you know, they've been on, I've met them. I, I'm not, I'm going to say, I know them like go hang out at the bar and shit. I, I don't. Um, hell, I'm in Ohio. I'm, I'm 200 miles away from most of them. But, you know, I've met a lot of those guys. Um, and, you know, early on, somebody like George Rose, you know, he's like, well, you know, they got the show on TV, but, you know, it, it's a show, right? And it was kind of a, a uh, it was the, the worst kept secret, you know, in, in the distilling community, I guess. It's like, well, and then you start seeing things in the show, like, you can't do that. That that doesn't make sense. And you go talk to somebody else, like, hey, did you see this show? Yeah, I watched it. Like, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of things that it's entertainment. It's it's entertainment. It's it was I will be honest, I haven't watched an episode of any of it. I think Sean, I, I think when, when you won when you were on the episode, I think that was the last time I watched any of it. Master Distiller or any Yeah. Any like Distillery Rescue. I talked to a couple of those guys, like Greg Pope. He's like, man, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, because, well, now let me let me back up. I'll put words in Greg's mouth. Um, it was it was some I for, I forget exactly what he said, but I guess one of the struggles he had about it was he would talk about how people would come in. They didn't know didn't know he was there, didn't know who he was. But it's like, oh yeah, we, we saw Tim come down and save your distiller. You're probably pretty happy he came and did that for you, huh? And he's yeah. like, man, I was, doing, I was doing fine before Tim came here. Uh, and it got that spin put on. So, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to cause any ill will between Greg and Tim. It's just, you know, it's right now. I, I've heard from several people that that's, you know, um, people that I, I hold in, in, in very high regard. Um, the, the one, the one and only original mud fossil hunter himself, Mr. Alan Bishop. <laughs> he, uh, <clears throat> he he does not have kind words to say about the show or, or McGill entertainment for that matter. I'll leave Alan to his opinions, but, um, it, you know, Alan, 
he's one of those people that, uh, you know, Sean, you know, we, we were chatting before, obviously. Um, Alan, Greg Leopold, uh, um, uh, there, there's, you know, some, he's got the three chambers, doesn't he? Leopold. Yeah, I had some uh, last year, not not 2022, but 2021 bourbon on the banks in Frankfurt, which um, I don't, I don't do, I'm not monetized. I don't get, uh, I don't get any money from anybody really. Um, my wife takes most of mine, to be honest. Um, but it's a it's in, yeah, it's in Frankfurt. I think it's October the 9th or 10th. It's the second weekend in October this year. Fantastic event. It's small. It's still local. It's it's a it's attainable. Um, and a lot of uh, a lot of the smaller Kentucky distillers are down there. Uh, Hunter Coffee's the, he was down there last year. He he's been there. Um, Alan sets up with with French Lick, uh, but but it's it's mostly uh, mostly liquor. But there's also a few wineries, and uh, I think there was like two or three breweries around Kentucky that were in there. Um, but uh, it's a fantastic event. If you get if 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 you guys are if you're free that weekend, if you're out there listening. It is worth going. Um, What's it called again? Bourbon on the Banks. Bourbon on the Banks. Let's check yeah. that out. It's, uh, it's like I said, it's the second weekend in October this year. Um, it's usually phenomenal weather, too. It's, you know, you're early October in Ohio. You could get anything from, you know, 80 and, and sunshine to freaking sleet and snow. And, um, or a tornado or hurricane yeah. or yeah. earthquake. <laughs> it just, all, all the above. You, yeah, you get all in one day. It's Sometimes in one day, right. It's just, you don't <laughs> right. like it, waste five minutes. Yeah, um, where no, uh, was that? It's in Frankfurt. It's in Frankfurt. Um, but a lot of, uh, you know, Buffalo Trace is there. You can go get a sample. Of, now, it's um, so how it works. It's like your typical typical alcohol festival. Um, I think it's it's – Last year it was I think sixty or sixty five bucks for for a regular uh, wristband, and if you want to go VIP I think it's seventy. It might be a hundred, um, but uh, it's getting to be a little bit little bit bigger. The first it's it's been pretty much the same format. This is going to be the fourth event. Um, they had one in twenty nineteen. They canceled twenty twenty like everybody else. They did one in twenty one. They did one in twenty two, and it's pretty much. It's something that starts on Friday. They do a, basically a New Orleans Mardi Gras-style street fair downtown in Frankfurt. Um, they have literally circus acts walking around. They got they got stilt walkers and fire breathers and all that shit. Um, then they wrap up officially at whatever time. They've got uh, some historic activity Saturday morning. And then they do the, uh, the tasting and shit starts at 1 or 2 o'clock if you're VIP or whatever. And it goes until like 6. And then they shut down. And they have live music on on the green, the park, because it's it's they have a Riverside Park right there in Frankfurt. And if you don't want to do that, then they got some other shit going on uptown that night again. Um, but you know, you're not uh, as far as the what I want to say the 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 bourbon royalty uh, or the the liquor royalty. You're not going to run into Fred Minnick. You're not going to see Chuck Cowdery. Um, you're probably not going to see Bernie Lovers. You know any of those guys that are? I mean, they're they're you know guys that are. They've been doing the, the bourbon thing for at least. It, I mean, they they were there before it started, right? 15, 20 years ago, and it is called Bourbon on the Banks, but it's not just bourbon. It's not just only bourbon or whiskey. I mean, there's the. Uh, 
uh, got Turner Wathen. If you don't know Turner, check his stuff out. Um, he doing some phenomenal things with rum last year. He, so he, if, I don't know if, if you come across this, but he made a mistake and opened up a bottle of rum that he, he did not want to. He was holding it back, but he'd been sampling all day, and Alan may have been part of the reason he did this. <laughs> but it was a bottle that probably would have sold for 300 bucks, and, and we, we we polished that thing off in like half. I mean, not just me. I, I had a couple, you know, like one finger sample. But he's, but, but he's like, that bottle was gone, and I don't know where it went to. Um, but, uh, but doing some great things with rum. Um, there's a uh, rivulet. If you don't know, it's a pecan based liquor. It's great for making cocktails and shit, but there's, yeah. there's all kinds of alcohol down. There. You know, it's not, it's not just people making bourbon. Yeah. Four rows. No, no, four rows. But yeah. So, so Buffalo trace is there. They got their Eagle rare. They got their Blanton's. They got their Buffalo trace angels. Envy's there. French lick was there. Um, so you're going to get some of the, the bigger, you're going to get the national brands. And you're going to get some other guys that, you know, they may just be starting out. They literally got a card table with, with freaking tablecloth on it. And they're just trying to, you know, get the name out there. But well worth checking the place out. Okay. Um, there's, there's like, <clears throat> and you can, can you buy their products there? Yeah. Yeah. This is the okay. first year they'll let you, uh, you, you can, uh, what about out of state? I was I, wondering about <clears throat> Alan. Yeah. I, well, yeah, if out of state, no. I think they, they have to be – there were some – I bought some bottles there. Well, yeah, because the the, uh, the bourbon people, they did a pick. I got a bottle in the garage. Um, but uh, they did a Wilderness Trail pick uh, with, uh, with with Pat down there at Wilderness Trail. And there was, there was a board. It was the Amzie winning and uh, and Allen and I think maybe Tony Minichella and some of those, those other guys. Uh, maybe Royce was in there. And they picked the barrel. Uh, picked, yeah, picked the barrel. And if you were on the pre-buy list or whatever, you get a bottle. It was a hundred bucks, but I mean, it's you know. And, and and I I don't. I've got like four bottles of, of liquor out here that I paid more than a hundred dollars for. And that's I'm gonna say that's one of them. That was a hundred bucks. I got a got a bottle behind me that's back here. And then a bottle of Weller, William Weller, and uh, I think I got one more. Maybe I only got three. I don't know. Anyways. But yeah, it's 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 just fun time. It's small. It's local. They only had like maybe four or five thousand people last year. I mean, it, it, that's 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 heavy. I don't think there was that many. But um, Christy's down there. Uh, she she does a podcast that night. The twenty twenty one, we tried to stay at the uh, the Capitol Hotel is right across the road, so it's very convenient. But um, one of the guys that I uh, for AMZ, if you guys know who AMZ Winning is, he happened to get a like a conference room, like his his hotel room had a conference table and shit. We had our own tasting there. We didn't go uptown. We just we had some of the three chambers. That's how we got here. This conversation even happened because you mentioned uh, Todd Leopold in the three chambers. Still, he uh, AMZ had a bottle of that there, and it it was like wow. There's there's a lot of depth to that. Is complex, um, just a lot of stuff going on. I, I don't. I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm not going to try to make them up, but it was just really, it, it was unique and different in a very good way. Um, so uh, I'm glad to hear that he's, he's uh, still keeping that going. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance to get down there and catch up with those guys, you might be able to get a chance to get, get some, you know, get some product like that. Hell so. yeah. Good deal. <laughs> huh. So, anything else on that list you want to talk about, Sean, or anything you don't want to talk about? 
We'll talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't much matter to me at all. But yeah, anything this uh, this this neat glass. I I got this. Tony was supposed to come down to, to drink at AMZ's hotel room that night, and he fell and dislocated his shoulder. So he ended up in the ER. But um, this is a it's a neat glass. You guys have ever seen one of these? A little bit different than your regular Glen Cairn. Um, you get a lot better um, representation in. You, you get you do get a different taste with this. But but AMZ gave me his glass, so that's another you know got that from down there. But if you're real serious about tasting your liquor, um, that's a it, it's a good glass to have. I mean the highball is great. Glen Cairn everybody's got them, but the problem is the Glen Cairn's a capita shape, and that is more really for wine. I mean, that's, okay. that's what it's, it's a sherry glass is what it is. So I just like so, good old, good old heavy good. glass and crystal glass. So if, if you're making something to drink for yourself, yeah. what would it be? Um, I mean, I, I enjoy drinking bourbon. I'm, I'm kind of a, I'll admit I'm a bourbon snob. Like, you know, if you, Finish your bourbon, or you finish your bourbon in another barrel. It is not bourbon anymore. I know there's some people that say, "Well, you can't make it not bourbon." Well, you can. You, you can put syrup in it. It's not bourbon anymore. But um, I, uh, as far as where liquor's going, I, I really I do enjoy brandy. Um, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn how to enjoy it more. It's it's very complex, and I, if you talk to Alan. Um, Alan, you know, he, he's one of those guys, if I got a question, I'll, I'll call him. And I, I know, you know, Sean, when you, you and I talked uh, kind of the first time, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Let's ask Alan. You're like, well, he, well, is he available? I'm like, yeah, it's fucking, let me text him. Hold on. You know, and he, he's it. So, um, he's a guy I can sit and hang out all day, you know, just sit and talk, just, and just bullshit. I even talk about liquor, just talk about other shit. Like I'm building a guitar right now and he's like, oh, let me know how that's going. Um. But literally building a, a Les Paul from like chunks of wood, and it's 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 been an experience. Um, but you know he he's one of those guys where he's just I mean everything he touches is about solid gold. Um, uh, there's there's actually if we, if we if I don't how how long do you go with this? You just like go and edit this shit, or you just go until we run out of liquor, get tired of each other? Or what? We we don't edit anything, man. We, we no, we generally <laughs> just do for around an hour or so, and then. Okay. Whenever's good, man. Yeah, you know, sometimes they run a little over. I mean, hell, yeah. we, we listen to Alan yeah. talk for two and a half hours. So no, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because when I I did uh, I did the uh, did the show with Alan and Christy, uh, I think it was two years ago. They ended up making my episode. It, it was split into two two shows because we went for about two two twenty two fifteen yeah. something like that. So, you know, we just we just let it go. We actually came, no, we just did it one night. I guess we just kept going. And I mean, we talked about all kinds of shit, but um, we edit nothing. There's zero editing that goes on around <laughs> here. This That's is good. Transparency. It's legit going to stay just like this, you right? Know, whatever it is, I'm going to download the audio and put it on Spotify, right? <laughs> we, right on. We, we ain't changing nothing. We ain't cutting that out. So, um, well, let me. Uh, there's a Too couple, a couple things. Uh, well, yeah, if, if somebody you know, you know who's out there, I. I mean, like I, I said earlier, I've helped, uh, I'm going to say about two dozen, distill I've talked to about two dozen people about starting distilleries. And then not, not just somebody, you know, at the ball or some shit like that. Like, oh, you're that guy. 
I mean, like, you know, emails and phone calls and shit. But if somebody's got a real question, you know, just feel free to shoot me a message. Um, I don't, uh, it's, it's, it's like calling psychic hotline. Your first phone call is free, you know, but if, if we need more than that, we'll talk. But, you know, if you want to ask me you know, questions about, you know, what, what kind of zoning, I, I'll, I'll get you started. You know, I'll talk to you. And there's, you know, Sean Pry, there's, there's other, mm-hmm. other people out there, but, um, I'm pretty much an open book. Um, uh, but, um, uh, so let's see what we talked about the yeast. We talked about making bourbon, not bourbon. Um, like Angel's Envy, I it's one of those things on Facebook argued people. It's like Angel's Envy ain't fucking bourbon and Jack Daniels is. And people are like, what? So you yeah, might as well kick their dog or something. But yeah, it's I don't make the laws. It's, I just gotta live by them, gotta work by them. Um, so what's your what's your take on all these uh uh awards? You know, like, you know, it's all these uh, theories and, I mean, is that? I don't have any. Well, you know, I mean, um, is that, are those awards, is that something that you have to enter yourself or is there like an invitation kind of thing or how does that work? No, you can enter. I mean, you basically send them, send them the check, send them three or four bottles, whatever they ask for. And um, that's pretty much it. Now, I don't. Okay, the way the way those are, the first thing everybody needs to understand is that whether uh, Sean, do you drink Coke or Pepsi? I mean, I'll drink either, but I prefer Coke. Okay, Sean first Mountain Dew. Don't let him lie. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well that, that's the reason. That's the reason why Mountains. Well, I mean, Mountain Dew was made to li- mix with with cheap liquor. Right? That's, that's what the story is, but. Uh. <laughs> well, now I know why Sean likes it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean that's that's the story I heard it from some I forget somebody, but anyway, that's why they called it that. Um, but you know, it, it's 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 completely up to the individual. You know, if if you like this or that. Now, some people. Okay, let's talk about store picks. Um, I, this is driving me nuts. No way. You know what? Well, okay, I'll just keep t- touching the screen. Um, Screen is about to, to shade out. So let me do this real quick here. So so behind me, I got a whole bunch of, of bottles of stuff. So you guys can kind of see some of that, a little, little bit of everything. Um, do what? Apple brandy right there? Yeah, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Al, uh, Alan. <laughs> this is uh, – so the first time I actually met Alan was at uh, – a festival they had in Nashville, Indiana, at Hard Truth Hills. It was a brand new distillery. Well, I don't know if it was brand new, but it was the first festival they did down there. And that was the first weekend in October, and it was god-awful hot. I mean, you, you, I looked at the historical forecast, and it was like, oh, you know, it's supposed to be around the 70s, maybe maybe low 80s. It was fucking 95 degrees, and we were in a damn still, uh, the Rick House was, I mean, we were literally sweating our asses off. I'm not, it was, it was miserable. And there was like 5,000 people in this building. They had narrow slit windows. They had one man door at one end and no man door at the other. And they had, I mean, these windows were like a foot wide and three foot tall. And they had like 30 on each side. And the building's a hundred some feet long. It just sucked. But anyways, Alan was there first time I met him and his wife. And we walked around and, and um, I... I'm a pol- I sold cars for a long time, so I'm kind of a politician. I, you know, I, I 
like where I work at, there's about 200 people. There's maybe three of them that I would go out of my way to avoid at a bar. Everybody else I'll sit and talk to, be friends with them and, and you know, whatever. And even if I don't like the product, there's still something good about it, right? But that was the first place that I went to. It's probably the fourth or fifth. Uh, it, it's a tasting event. And there was, at that time, there was, uh, I don't think, 40 or 50 distilleries there. There were maybe three products I had that were remarkable. And, and by that, I mean something that I actually remember tasting, um, aside from Alan's stuff. But, uh, and that's one of the things I put on. I don't, did, I, did I leave that on the list or did I take it off? Is like, why do most craft products? Yeah. Like, why, why, why do most, why do most craft moonshines? And I'm not why saying these. The same. Right. Yeah. Why do they taste the same? Um, if I get a rum from, from distillery A and distillery B and distillery C, and they're in three different states, they still taste the same. If I get a moonshine, you know, a moonshine, um, which, well, I'm not going to go into that whole thing, but I was going to talk about why, you know, moonshine is, is it whiskey? Cause there was, I was on one of, one of Silcott's threads the other day where guys like, well, moonshine is not whiskey. Well, you know, you can actually add sugar, but not going to go into that. So, you know, do, do you know what you think, you know, um, but you know, I, I, yeah, I, I do like brandy. And, uh, you know, after the show was over, the wife and I stayed at whatever the hotel was. It was, it was like down a hill and up the hill, but we walked there. We walked to the distillery from the hotel and Alan drove back and we swapped bottles and he had this, this is a, um, I hope I don't get in trouble with, well, it's, it's been a while, but if anybody noticed, it's a 90 proof straight apple brandy, uh, it's not the same bottle they put out nowadays. It, it's a, it was a pre prior yeah, trial. Then we got the foo bar. Um, but, uh, yeah, one of the things the wife loved that, that hard pills was the, uh, the hard truth cinnamon. And if, uh, if you like making cocktails, um, cinnamon, it's, you know, it's good. They sell it up around Fort Wayne. Uh, you know, they're, they're getting around in Indiana. Um, so it's an attainable bottle that's out there for you guys. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, finished, I got, uh, oh, so another shameless plug. Um, I'm in a group, uh, it's called Angel Share, and it's a charity organization, and we basically raffle off liquor. Um, you buy tickets, proceeds go towards whatever the whatever the, the, the charity is that week, um, but uh, they do some private bottling. So, so maybe you don't win the raffle, but you can still enter one of the, the barrel picks, and they do, I think they're doing like 20 barrel picks this year. But one of them I happened to get was uh, from Huber's, and it is a uh, uh, it's a cigar batch finished in uh, Brazilian Embarana uh, mm, barrels. So it's a limited edition thing. Uh, I mean, you still got to buy the bottle. But anyways, mm -hmm. so, you know, it's a group. If, uh, if you're interested in that, let me know. Again, I'll get out to you. Um, oh, we had something big happen last couple of days. So MG, MGP bought Penelope. So um, I was, was going to get into uh, MGP and a little yeah. bit of that, just because uh, a lot of people don't really know where to get. Well, you, that was something you were talking about. Uh, oh yeah, where to get that stuff or really should should you source it? it? Do you want to? Yeah. Um, so let me put put the stand back down. Um, you know I so I've been been in the game a while uh you know not i mean not i, I ain't trying to say it on like jim beam or 
you know, George Dickel, somebody like that. But, you know, coming up on well, close to 10 years, nine years now. Um, if you're starting out, you obviously got to sell something to keep the lights on. You got to pay the bills. And the question was, was brought up one time. And this, this was like one of these little talks. It was, um, it was myself and a couple of distillers and we were talking and it's like, well, I'm thinking about sourcing some products now, 10 years ago. I was like, Oh, so you're going to buy something from somebody else. Well, the truth is a lot of people buy shit from other people. The one thing I would suggest to anybody, do what now? Well, a lot of people don't even know that when they're drinking it. No, no, they don't. And, and that's, you know, you get some people that are very patient about transparency in the business. And, you know, if you're, so if you're somebody that's just starting to dabble, you know, into thinking like, Oh, I might want to have a distillery. Okay, cool. Um, there are, so one of the things that changed on the bond I talked about earlier. So you got you got distillers, you got rectifiers, and you got warehousemen. A warehouseman basically is distributor. You still got a DST. If you're a blender, you may not be making the liquor, but you're still blending the liquor. That's you know, or maybe you're buying it and letting it age yourself. Maybe you're buying it, put it on a barrel, and putting on a ship out to sea. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Sounds kind of gimmicky, but it's fuckers sell you know thousands and thousands of, of cases. I mean, hundreds of thousands of cases a year. Um, or put it on a truck and drive around the country, you know, whatever. I don't know. Somebody's doing that now, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's all, you know, all different strokes for different folks. So MGP, uh, it's Midwest grain product. Um, they are, uh, well, they're actually headquartered in Kansas, I think it's Atkinson, I think at Atkinson, whatever, somewhere in Kansas, maybe it's Topeka. I don't know. But they also have this huge-ass facility in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, which is eh, not too far from Cincinnati. And it used to be the old Seagram Distillery, and it is freaking huge. And they make not so much now, but, you know, 10 years ago, again, we keep going back 10 years, um, they didn't have any private labels. They, they didn't make any of their own liquor. Not, not that I'm aware of. They might have had like a gin or something that was, you know, some old stock label or whatever. But as far as the, the bourbon and stuff, I forget how many different formulations they've got um, or how many grain bills, you know, how many mash bills. Um, but it, it's, it's not, it's not like opening your grandma's cookbook. You know, there, there ain't like 75 or 80 recipes in there. There's, there's like five or six. So the conversation came up, but it was, it was an online chat one time. And the conversation came up about smooth ambler. Because they, they were always pretty, pretty transparent. And, you know, I, they, they got good product. I got, I got four or five of their bottles out here in, in, in the shop um, or in the house somewhere around here. Um, and I made a, com- a comment about just being able to manage your customers, your client base expectation when you transition from source product to your own product. Because those of us that are old enough to remember the new Coke fiasco, that did not go over well. And I, I forget what it was. I, I kind I think I said something to piss John Little off. And, and John, you know, John started Smooth Amber. Good guy, good product. Again, I like him. I like what they're doing. I, I admire their business model and shit. I'm, I've spent hours talking with, with their, uh, one of their head distillers down at Travis. But whatever I did, I, I tweaked John the wrong way, I think. And that wasn't my intent, you know. But, but what, what I did want to be clear, though, is that 
if you're going to source product, just be straight up front about it. So look at Blount Brothers in, in uh, Illinois. Their first product they came out, their product line was uh, called Notter Bourbon. K-N-O-T-T-E-R. So they had Notter Bourbon and Notter Rye. Well, that's just a play on words, meaning not our bourbon, not our rye, right? So they just put it together and you know, made a little label to go with this shit. Really, still really good, but it's it's from MGP. So um, another one, I'll I'll pick on somebody in Ohio. Uh, I think I'm right, <laughs> but uh, so horse soldier, um, great story, nice guys. I haven't met him. Don't know, wouldn't know any of them. You put them line up, I wouldn't know. Uh, but so is it is it Middle West or Watershed making that? It's one of them. It's coming out of Columbus. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah, one, of, one of them makes it. Um, but, uh, you know, so if, if you're going to sell the, and, and I don't, they don't, they don't hide it. I don't have a bottle of it here. I've, I've had it. it it's good. It tastes good. Um, but if you're going to start out, don't be afraid to source it. You know, you can go to these people and it's not like if you go to the, if you're sitting home and you're trying to kitchen table this thing, um, trying to put numbers together, you're not going to go. You could go to MGP and, and say, Hey, I want to buy a barrel of whatever, 10 year old high ride bourbon. And, you know, I want to, I want to buy two truckloads of whatever, you know, or, or buy, buy 8,000 gallons, buy a tanker. And they, they'd probably sell you that. Um, and you would at this, at the current market, you would probably pay, you know, I, it, it's, but it's not like you're buying a, the bottle, you know, they're, they're selling you bulk at wholesale. So those options are out there. Um, I would say to somebody that's that's thinking about sourcing product, any established distillery in your area w- would probably be willing to work with you. Um, if you don't want to go the route of running a still, if you're you hate your job, you're going to quit tomorrow morning, and you want to open a distillery, and you decide this is what you want to want to do, and you got the money sitting in a pile, and you're ready to go, um, you get your paperwork in line and call. MGP may not be an option anymore. They're, 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 they've got their own shit out there now. Um, they bought the uh, bought the Remus uh, product, which I, I got a bottle of the, the Remus too. I think really good stuff. Um, but uh, they got that. They got the Eaton Sand. They got um, the regular. They got the George Remus, and they got the Remus Repeal or Prohibition Reserve or, or whatever it is. But um, you don't have to go to the biggest guy on the block. You probably go to Dickel, probably go to Dickel, probably go to Bean, probably go to, to Brown Campbell. Um, you know, all, all the really, the really big distilleries have probably worked you a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Or like in Ohio, I know, um, like I said, I, I know it's either Watershed or Middle West. I forget which one. One of, one of them is making the, the horse soldier stuff. Um, now they're building their own distillery in Kentucky, but Again, you know how you have to see how are they going to handle this transition from mm-hmm. their product coming off of something somebody else made? Because you know a distillery is so. Let's pick on Buffalo Trace. They're in Frankfurt. It's kind of away from everybody else. Yeah, Wild Turkey's just down the road in Versailles. Four Roses is just down the road in Versailles, and, and those are other distilleries that have been there a while. I, I, I know, I know, Hunter's just down the road, you know, not too far, but he's they're they're like ten years old too, or around there, um, maybe fifteen. I don't know. But Buffalo Trace is its own little microclimate. 
there's yeast floating around that property that's been there tens of years. I mean, it's been there decades, if not longer, you know, because the yeast had to come from somewhere, right? They may have gotten a wild strain. So don't think that you're going to take your high rye recipe that you gave to XYZ distiller that they've been making for you because like, oh, this is what we're going to make and we want you to make this. You know as well as I do, Sean, because you did, you're on the show. You have three people with the same still and the same mash, and all three of you are going to make different products. You can get eight different, you get eight different products. You know, you, you take oh, yeah. three guys, three guys running the same mash, you can take mash out of the same barrel and you're going to get three different products because you're going to make your cuts different. Now, yeah, it never tastes the same. That's the biggest difference. Yeah. Run is the person running it. Yeah. And I mean, you, you could be on a, on a 500 gallon column still. And it's going to be close, but in that, that kind of, that kind of touches into something I wrote on that list too, you know, that we talked about. It's like, why does a lot of this craft stuff taste the same? It, I, I don't, it, maybe it's me. I don't know. Um, I did say earlier, I'm a bourbon snob, but especially with, with the white liquor, uh, a lot of it, I've, I've been to, I don't know how many, I've, I've probably sampled, uh, somewhere between seven and eight hundred different alcohols from like different, you know, like this distillery may have seven or eight products. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that, that's that may not be totally fair because now we're talking about like some of these judges at like a like a judging like San Francisco Spirits competition. You know, they, oh, they you got fifteen twenty people. They're they're going through like two thousand different alcohols over three days. Now they're not they're not swallowing on they're not drinking all that. They're spitting a lot of it out, but that's hard on the body. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's not fair to everybody. So, um, you know, it's, I guess circle back to awards. You know, there, there's a lot of guys that say it's pay to play. If you, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I, they're they're important. They they matter to the people that they matter to. If, if, um, you know, the, the best way to gauge whether you got a good product or not is. You know, are you are you selling everything you're making? Do you get repeat customers? Are they referring people to you? Are they are they happy? Are they smiling faces? You know, and I, most people you can tell if they're sincere or not. You know, it's like, wow, this is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like seeing, seeing that ugly baby. You know, <laughs> they're all cute, right? In their own way. Um, That's right. So it's it is it is hard sometimes. You taste something like oh, damn, it, it tastes like shit. But you know, there's some people that they appreciate that. Um, you know, I, there's, I, I have a, I will say this. I have a couple bottles of product float around to some people that I, and I trust them and they're people I know well enough. And that's why I did. I gave him a bottle and I had one guy coming back. He's like, dude, this, this ain't right. And I'm like, I just wonder if you're going to be straight with me. Cause I gave you something that, that I put a couple drops of vinegar in it on purpose to see if they would tell me the truth. Cause up until that time, I hadn't had anybody ever tell me anything bad about it. You know, maybe they were just being nice to my face. So I'm like, I need to find out. Cause I mean, you, you got to know where you're at, right? So, but there, there were there were people I knew and I trusted. And I, I gave them a, a skunk bottle and, and a couple of them were like something's not right here, Steve. You need to clean so you check something. I'm like, no, nah, I, I literally put a couple drops of apple cider vinegar, you know, clear white vinegar in there. See if you tell me or not. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you you can you can lie to people, don't lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. Well, I but, think we've kept everybody on here long enough. <laughs> we we appreciate everybody that's hung out. 
And right, right on. I really enjoyed listening to you talk, Steve. It was a pleasure. Um, great information on trying to get your your own distillery started here in Ohio. You know, I'm sure it's different in other states. So, uh, right, right. I'm sure Sean. I'm sure Sean's got some other other states on. We can hear people talk yeah. about coming up. So, but yeah. you know, yeah. like I said, man, we, it was an honor to have you on. I appreciate sure. having you on here. If, appreciate uh, being here. Appreciate being asked. Can't can't wait to get up there and check out your place. So if I can make it happen yeah. Saturday, I'll shoot you a message. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know I am. Well, I'm not. I'll tell you now. I'm not going to be here Saturday. My kids well, got a, a cheerleading competition in Dayton. So oh, so you're coming to Dayton, and I'm going up north. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm heading down there. I I don't have anything. I mean, we hang out in the in the bar or hang out in the garage and drink liquor. I'll I'll do that all day. But yeah, um, I don't even have any product to sell right now. I I barely got like half a bottle of my own stuff that that the yeah. wife holding on to. It's it's a good problem to have, but yeah, it is. Yep. But, so, right, so well, 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 am I go ahead? No, you're good. <laughs> I'll get a hold of you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out, Sean. It was a good time. Steve, appreciate having you on. No, no, um, absolutely. Best of luck to you in the future, and um, maybe right we'll see you. Are you planning on coming down to the Farm to Bottle Festival in August? I think I have to work that weekend. Okay. Well. Yeah. I I uh, so my my straight job. I work every other weekend, which it kind of sucks, but the good, yeah, I work a two, two, three schedule. It's non-traditional. So every other weekend's a three day weekend. It just seems like all the cool shit happens when I'm working. Right. That's the way it's like. Yeah. Nice, yeah I'm, I'm off this coming weekend and it's, I got to go to Dayton for cheerleading. So, yeah. but uh, I am going to be down there. We're, I don't know when we're getting, I want to try to catch up with Bill. I got a president. Is Bill, is Bill on? Do you know? Can Bill you tell? Bill yeah. Maybe not. He's probably past bedtime. Probably not. Probably not. So. <laughs> I, I got a present for him. I got to catch up with him this week. I was I was there at Dayton Barrel Works last week. It's a nice place. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But anyways, everybody have a great night, and um, we'll uh, we'll see you next week, same time, same place. So yes, sir. Everybody right, take care. Thank you. Everybody shine on. Have a good night. Night. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs>